Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. You got your Bibles? Okay. Luke 8, we're going to start here. Luke 8 and verse 22. And this is a story about Jesus on a boat. So Luke 8, 22, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And then he arose, this is Jesus, and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? Everybody say, where is your faith? Notice Jesus said, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Can I get amen tonight? So tonight we're going to be talking about prayer, but specifically about praying in faith. Praying in faith. Or if you don't like that title, the other title is, Where is Your Faith? So we're going to start this year praying. Good idea? Bad idea? Decent idea? I think good idea. Uh, We're going to start this year by praying. Now, this is a great time. This is going to set the groundwork for where we're going this year. Um, And it's always a good time to pray. It's funny sometimes people say stupid stuff like this. I sounded like dad when I said that, didn't I? (laughs) I usually don't say stupid when I'm preaching. Um, But they say stuff like, I guess we could pray about it. Have you heard people say that? Like, if that's the last thing we could do, I mean, we could pray about it. But how many of you know that prayer, you can write this down, should be our first response, not our last resort? Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. With any situation that comes into your life, it should not be like, let's try everything else. And then if we can't figure it out, let's get God involved. No, prayer should be our first response with everything, with your kids, with your marriage, with your money, with your health, with your mind. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That's why we are preaching the first service of 2023 about prayer. So we're going to talk about prayer tonight, but specifically about praying in faith. Now, it's so important that when we pray, There's many things that God wants from us when we pray. He wants us to be real. Yes, he does. He wants us to be genuine. The Bible says he wants us to be passionate and fervent, which we're going to be praying later tonight. And I, and I, I expect you to be passionate and fervent. I don't care what happened today. I know you got, you're at work or at school, but we're going to stir ourselves up because God listens to passionate, fervent prayers. I said he responds to passionate, fervent prayers. And so God, God, God wants us to be humble. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be passionate and fervent, the Bible says, when we pray. But more than anything, when we pray, we need to pray in faith. God answers prayers in faith. A lot of people's faith is at an all-time low right now in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. And so we need to talk about faith tonight because this is a faith church. 
And we are faith people. And if the body of Christ has a low level of faith, then how do you fix that? you got to preach on faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said in the gospels when he comes back, his second coming, Jesus said, will I find faith on the earth? That's what he said. When Jesus comes back, what is he looking for? He's looking for a church that's not hiding in their bunker in Wyoming, waiting on the rapture. God is not coming back for a church that's fearful. God is not coming back for a church that's worried and acting just like the world. God is coming back for his bride, the church, the bride of Christ. And it says when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? I'm preaching whether you're responding or not. We're only nine minutes in. It's only going to get better. Jesus said, will I find faith? I haven't talked to you guys in two weeks, so I got a lot to say. Jesus said, will I find faith on the earth? Why? Because faith pleases God. And God only answers prayers that are made in faith. So what is faith? Well, there's a lot of definitions of faith in your Bible. Hebrews 11.1 is the most popular one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But really, simply, faith is believing God. Or another word that you could interchange with faith, the most common one and probably the best one is, if you have faith in God, that means you really trust God. So, yeah, I believe in the definition of Hebrews 11.1 of faith, but faith is simply believing God and trusting God. How many of you know you need to know God to trust him? You don't trust anybody you don't know. And a lot of people are at an all-time low in faith because they're at an all-time low in fellowship with God. Are you with me tonight? Faith is believing and trusting in God. But I love this. This is what the Amplified Bible says about the definition of faith. In the Amplified Bible, you know how it, sometimes it will say a word and then have it in parentheses. When it uses the word faith, this is one of the Amplified Bible's definitions of faith. The leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. I love that definition. I want to repeat it one more time. The Amplified Bible says this is what faith is. Faith is the leaning or the trusting or the believing of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. That's faith. Well, if we're going to pray in faith, we need to know something before we can pray in faith. Here's the first thing I want to say about that, and you could write this down as well. This is a very familiar quote, but if we're going to pray in faith, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, here's the million-dollar question. How in the heck do you know God's will? Is it, is it mysterious? Because people act like it is. Oh, it's the will of God. <laughs> oh, you never know what God's going to do. You, you, you know, you never know. God, God's, God's taking me through this. I don't understand it yet, but it's the will of God. <laughs> Come on now, somebody. 
Ephesians says you can know what the will of the Lord is. So either you can side with what the Bible says about it or what religion and tradition says about it, which is like, we, don't, we will never know God's will. We will never figure this out. We will never understand God's will. The Bible says we can know what the will of the Lord is. Okay. So faith begins, if you're going to pray in faith, are you with me? If you're going to pray in faith, you have to know what the will of God is because faith begins where the will of God is known. But how do you know God's will? Okay. Well, there's two different types of will that God has for us. There's the general will of God, and then there's the specific will of God. Are you with me? The general will of God is found in the word, in your Bible. That means it's general for everybody. There's certain things in the Bible that applies to every single person. But then there's the specific will of God, and you get that by the Holy Spirit. And, of course, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you about certain things, he's going to say something in line with the word. So how do we know God's will? Well, there's two different types of will. God's general will, which we get from the word, and God's specific will, which we get from his spirit. But both the will of God through his word and the will of God through his spirit comes through hearing God's voice. Sometimes God's voice is written down in your Bible. And sometimes God's voice is spoken to you by his spirit. But either way, God has to speak something to you, whether it's the written voice of God or the spoken word of God for you to know his will. Are you with me? So there's the general will of God. We get that from God's word. It applies to everybody. And then there's the specific will that we get from his spirit. But both ways, you have to hear God speak. One is written, one is spoken. So we understand there are specific things in our life that are not in the Bible. Where you're going to work, where you're going to go to church, who you're going to marry, all sorts of ideas that are in the Bible like that. You have to hear God speak. So we see, how do you know God's will? Well, God's word, both the written and the spoken, is God's will. God's word, let me repeat that, is God's will. Sometimes it comes written in your Bible. Sometimes it comes spoken through his spirit. But either way, God's word is God's will. Let's say it together. God's word is God's will. Let's look at Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, why does faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Because when you hear God's word, you know God's will. For you to pray in faith, you have to know it's God's will for your life. And how do you know that? It has to be spoken by hearing God's word. So we want to pray in faith, which is great, but we have to know God's will. How do we know God's will? We have to know God's will word, both his written and his spoken word. We have to hear God speak for us to know his will for our life. And we can know it. We can pray the Bible. Why? Because that's God's written word and will for our life. When God speaks something to our spirit and it's in line with God's word, we can run with that and pray on that with faith because God's word spoken to us is God's will for our life. 
So let's look back at Luke 8, verse 22. This is Jesus and the disciples. Notice what it says. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Stop. Jesus said to them his will. Right? Are you with me? His perfect will for their life was that they would get to the other side of the lake. How do they know God's will? Because they heard God's word spoken to them. Are you with me? So they could have faith for that. And it says after that, they launched out. That's great. But then there's something that happened. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Verse 25. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying, this to one another. Who can this be? For even he commands the wind and the water, and they obey him. So if we're going to pray in faith and believe God and trust God, we have to know God's will. How do we know God's will? We have to hear God's word. And in this story, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, told his disciples, we're going to the other side of the lake. That was his will because he spoke it from his word. So they were supposed to have faith in what he said. But then there's something that happened between the time that he said that and the time they were going to the other side, a storm came up. Are you here on this Wednesday night? There's a circumstance that came up. There was pressure that came up. There was COVID that came up. There was financial crises that came up. There was racial tensions in America that came up. There, there was inflation. There, there, was, there was cars that were going to be due. There was going to be houses that were going to have to be turned back. There was marriage issues. There was kids that went astray between the time God said something and the time they made it to the other side. And they started freaking out. And they woke him up and they said, Jesus, you need to wake up because we're going to drown here if you don't do something. But you know, when Jesus woke up, he was kind of irritated because he already told him his will because they heard his words. And he said, where is your faith? I've already told you my will because I've spoken to you my word. Where is your faith? They didn't even have to wake up Jesus. Because they knew his will, they could have said to the storm themselves to calm down. And it would have calmed down because he gave them authority. Because they could pray in faith because they knew his will. Are you here tonight? And that's what I want to ask us tonight. Because in the past two or three years, a lot of people have lost their faith. Some people have lost it completely. And deconstructed their faith and wrote blogs about the church and, and, and gone astray and said, you know, I don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe in church anymore. This is all a, a joke. This is all something else. You know, I, I don't really believe this anymore. And some people that have stayed in church lost their faith as well. Now, why? Because the storms of life, just like these disciples, when the storm of life came and it didn't look like what God said, they lost their faith. Hear me tonight. Storms in life come to all of us, 
And what do they come to do? They come to knock the faith out of you. They come to make you doubt God. They come to make you worry. They come to make you fear. And more than anything, they come to make you question that God is still faithful. Just like the disciples did in this passage. They already knew God's will. They'd already seen him do miracles. But then the circumstances looked crazy. And they're like, God, are you going to do anything about it? Of course he's going to do something about it. But the storms of life made them question God. Doubt God. Deconstruct their faith. It made them question the faithfulness of God and the promises of God because storms of life come to knock the faith out of you. A lot of people, the faith has been knocked out of them because things have changed in the world. Things have changed in this country. And that's the goal of the enemy, to knock the faith out of you, to get you to doubt, worry, fear, and question God's faithfulness because your circumstances look different from what God said. So, you don't have to say this out loud, but I just want to ask you this question. Think about it yourself. Where is your faith? Not like where is it like you lost it, but where are you at in your faith walk? Are you little faith right now? Are you medium faith right now? Are you XL faith right now? Are you full of faith and overflowing right now? After all that, that, that's happened in this world and happened in this country and happened in the church world, where is your faith, church? I would say for most of us in here and most of the people in the body of Christ, it's at a low level. If they really answer the question honestly, their faith was pretty little right now or, or pretty low. They, they, they weren't the same faith person they were two or three years ago or five years ago or ten years ago. And that's the goal of the enemy to make us lose our faith. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Are you with me tonight? You have to be honest with yourself. Question yourself. The Bible says to examine yourself whether you're in the faith. It's a good thing. Not to count yourself out, but to count yourself in. And to do something about it. Like, hey, I don't believe God like I used to. You could change. You could do something about it. Like, my faith seems weak right now. Okay, well, you can get strong faith. Do something about it. You don't have to stay there. You can change. And, and, and through God's spirit and through God's word, your faith can grow. You can become stronger and stronger and go from faith to faith and glory to glory and come out of this thing and have strong faith. You can. So even if you are at that place like, yeah, I don't feel like I believe God for much right now. That can change. Or I got a little faith in some areas, but not as much as I used to, man. All the circumstances of life had just knocked it out of me. It could change. Because when Jesus comes back, he's going to say to us, where is your faith? Especially, we don't have an excuse when God has spoken to us and told us his will because we've heard his word. We can have faith and we can pray in faith and not act like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what I should believe for. Yeah, you do. If you know God's word, you know God's will. And trust me, a lot of you in here, God has spoken to you many things, not just through his word, but through his spirit. Some of you guys have given that up. Get that back out. Why? Because God's word spoken to you is God's will for your life. But guess what? 
between the time he says it and the time it happens, there's going to be a storm to make you to give up before you get there. To make you to doubt, to make you to throw away your faith, to make you to say, hey, Jesus, when are you going to wake up and do something about it? And he's going to say, why would you wake me up? You could have done something about it the whole stink of time. That's what he really wanted to say. When he woke up, he said, where's your faith? Not, I have great faith. That's why I did this. He said, where's your faith, guys? I was trying to get some, some sleep, some Z's, y'all. And he said, where's your faith? So tonight, where is your faith? Where is your faith? John Wesley said this about prayer. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. John Wesley said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. What's believing prayer? Faith. Now, some of you have been taught religion, and you think just because you said it, or somebody else said it, that God's obligated to answer them. No, he's not. No, he's not. How many know there's lots of different religions around the world? Praying prayers, praying harder and longer than all of us in here are praying. Ain't nothing happening. Nothing. Demonic spirits are getting involved in it, but God is not getting involved in it. Why? Because there's no faith. It's just religion. So just because we're praying or just because your Nana prayed for you and crocheted something nice for you, doesn't mean God answered that prayer just because Nana prayed it. If she wasn't in faith, God only answers prayers in faith. Prayers that somebody actually believes it and actually trusts him. And not just this superficial way that we throw out like, you're in my thoughts and prayers. Which means not much. Like, it means I thought about you. I didn't say anything and I don't believe anything, but I'm thinking about you. No, that's religion. John Wesley, great man of faith, started the Methodist church, says God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Because that's faith. Now, let me give you some scriptures just in case you thought that John Wesley is full of it. Because there's verses that say exactly what he says in your Bible. Let's start here, James 1, in verse 5. Are you getting something tonight? We're talking about praying in faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So that would be prayer, right? You with me? Who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in. Let him ask in. Not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's jump back to verse 7, if we could. Now, now some churches will never preach on this verse. But do you realize what it just said? It says, if you ask God something and you're not in faith, don't be fooled. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Isn't that what John Wesley said? Religion acts like this isn't true, but this is the Bible. It says, if you don't pray in faith, 
If you don't really believe when you pray, if you don't really trust when you pray, if you don't really have confidence in God, not in yourself, but in God when you pray, ain't nothing happening. Just because you went through the motions, God is not obligated to answer. Just because you prayed a little prayer in your devotional does not mean that God answered. God answers prayers of faith. They don't have to be long. They just have to be in faith. Come on. They don't have to be loud. They just need to be in faith. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you're praying in faith, God answers and God hears you when you're praying in faith. But if you're not, the Bible says, don't let that person think they will receive anything from God. Because faith is the way we access God. It's the way we access God's presence. It's the way we access God's promises. It's the way we access God's power by our faith, our trust, our confidence, our believing in him. And if we don't have that, God isn't answering. That's the Bible. I'm just saying that's the Bible. I know you heard Ninny Muggins Magoo at the Baptist church say something different. But that's the Bible. I know your relatives say differently. I know, I know the church world writes books that say differently. But that's your Bible. It says if you need something for God, when you ask him, don't ask and doubt. Because if you do, you won't receive anything from the Lord. But if you ask in faith, God is a generous, liberal God. And he'll give you what you ask if you ask in faith. Are you here in this Pentecostal church? We got to get back to being Pentecostal. I'm not even joking about that. We do. This will be the year of the Pentecost at Church on the Rock, 2023. We'll be wearing buns and skirts before you know it. As long as you're shouting, I don't care what you wear. Just don't look at me stern like you're Methodist. You're Pentecostal and charismatic. I'm going to have Daryl playing the organ every service. James 5. James 5, same book, but different chapter. James 5. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of... Where are you at? And the prayer of... And the prayer of... It's not just prayer. It's going to... Heal the guy. Because you put him on the prayer list doesn't mean he's getting healed. Come on. The Bible says the prayer of faith. The one who's actually believing something, not the deacon that doesn't believe something. The deacon that has some faith, when he prays, that faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. My goodness, what can faith do? This man got a, a biggie-sized meal. He got healing, deliverance, and salvation, all from the prayer of faith. He's like, his sins are forgiven. He got delivered. He got healed all in the same prayer, the prayer of faith. Verse 16, it's in the same passage, so it's the same context, talking about prayer. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Let's jump back to the first verse, 514. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. This whole sermon, we're talking about praying in faith, praying in faith, praying in faith. Those are the prayers that God answers, prayers of faith. And it says, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Come on, do we still believe that at Church on the Rock? Come on, I need to hear you tonight. You need to notify your face that you still believe that God heals the sick. Come on, do we believe that at Church on the Rock? God still heals the sick. We believe God still delivers people from addictions and bondages and depression and suicide. God still delivers and God still saves. But he does that when somebody's praying in faith. We're going to see a lot more of that this year at our church. All the above. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. I got one more verse and we're going to pray together. Is that okay? Still talking about praying in faith. Uh, Let's turn to John, not James. John 15, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. A lot of people consider this passage, he is talking about prayer. John 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned verse 7 if you abide in me now he's talking about prayer and my words abide in you are you with me his words abide in you And guess what? If his words are abiding in you, that means you're confident in his will for your life. So you can pray in faith. And then it says, for the people that God's word abides in you, and you're confident of his will, you're praying in faith. And you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Let's look at verse 7 again. If you abide in me, in my words, God's words, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of God. When you get that in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let's leave it up here. Hear me tonight. A lot of people don't get their prayers answered because God's word isn't alive in you yet. God's word isn't real to you yet. Now, it can be if you stay with it, but a lot of people just pray prayers and we, they, we just say things and we shoot from the hip and we think that God is answering, but the word hasn't taken root in our hearts yet. The word hasn't grown up enough yet. The, we haven't really meditated on God's word. We don't really fully believe it is God's will for us yet. But when it does, when it fully kicks in, Because you got to stay with God's word, God's written and spoken word to you. It says that person, because he's been abiding in God's word, so he knows God's will. When he prays, he can pray in faith. And this is what happens. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Because that person has faith. Why? Because he's been abiding in God's word, and God's word is God's will. Verse 8. 
John 15, 8. By this, my father is glorified. You know, it glorifies God when we have answered prayers. Are you here tonight? <laughs> it glorifies God when you pray for your coworker and something actually happens. Doesn't that glorify God? It glorifies God when you pray for your husband and wife and they actually get healed. How refreshing. It glorifies God when you get a financial miracle and all your coworkers and neighbors know about it and they know it had to be the Lord. But you prayed in faith, God gets glory when prayers are answered. And it says, by this my father is glorified. Notice he's glorified when we ask in faith and he answers it. That you bear much fruit. That gives God glory. That, that when people look at our lives, there's so much prayer fruit from the prayers we've been praying, it glorifies God. So you will be my disciples. Did you guys get something tonight? Praying in faith. Let's stand up together. Let me get the worship team to come back up. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.